Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Radio. It is Thursday, March 24th, 2022. I am Megan, and I am here with the ever-lovely Kristen. What's up, Kristen? I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Me too. It's been a, it's been a thing, um, both of us, for various reasons. <laughs> There was a t- there was one week that I lost work. my voice for a moment, <laughs> and then Kristen lost her voice for a bit, and then we're ba- crazy, bizarre. Basically. I was sick, and I was like having a conversation with my kid, and I coughed, sneezed, and I went to talk, and my voice was gone. I was literally conversing. That is so weird. It was gone. It was. Yeah, I was like, all right then, that did it. <laughs> So hopefully the curse has been lifted and we will be okay from here on out. Um, But we have some exciting shows planned for you in the future and we have a good one today. We're going to be focusing on music and movies. Um, And our main discussion is going to be 90s movies because now the 90s is is far enough away to be able to commentate it in its entirety. So that's what we're going to do is take a look at I mean, it's true. High schools now have 90s theme day, and that's usually the first sign that you know that you're old. Oh, that hurts my chest. I My favorite is when you're driving down the road, and they're on the, the radio. They're like, it's a retro lunch hour, and they play something from the 90s. And I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> We're retro, man. It's, it's, it's happened. High schoolers are dressing oh. us, dressing as us for fun. And that that's it's far enough away that that style has sneaked back. Like my kid wears stuff, and I'm like, that's '90s grunge. Yeah, yeah. It it all comes back around because it really does. Um, so we'll be talking about the '90s movies, which I'm super excited about. Um, and then we have some updates on the music and movie front. Um, so let's start off. This is yeah, yeah. something that I'm curious to know your thoughts, Kristen. Um, mm-hmm. everyone that I know who's a book nerd was talking about this today, mm-hmm. and that is uh, where the Crawdad Sing trailer <laughs> was dropped. And that's the mm-hmm. piece you don't know for some reason. That is a book that has basically been number one for like 500 years um, <laughs> on the book, on the <laughs> New York Times bestseller, um, and is now being into a movie. So, uh, Kristen, did you get a chance to look at that trailer? Um, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for it because I love that book to the point where my book club, I read, I read it and then my book club read it and then getting ready to start another book club in person and they're going to read it. 
uh, it's the first one because it's that good. And the trailer looks phenomenal. It looks like they cast it beautifully. I'm very excited to see it. I have high faith that it'll stick to the book because Reese Witherspoon's company, Happy Something, Happy Smiles or Happy, I forget what it's called, but her film company Happy. is the one who adapted it. And she cool. loves books, loves, loves, loves them. That's kind of what her company does is takes really good books and adapts them for the screen. So I'm super excited to see it. No, I watched it just as a uh, as someone who hasn't read this book. I feel like I'm probably the only person in the world who has not read this book yet at this point. Um, but it did look intriguing. So it actually increased my desire to want to read it. So maybe that will happen at some point. As, <laughs> so what I find funny is watching the trailer as someone who's read the book, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to be good. But if I hadn't read the book, I'm curious what you think the book is about because the trailer is not so the problem is when people ask me what this book's about I'm like well it's, a, it's kind of this and it's kind of that and it's kind of where the crawdad scene kind of pulls in multiple genres into one thing to me if I knowing I knew what the book was about if I took that knowledge out I feel like the trailer would confuse me like I wouldn't know what this movie is about that was literally so when you were when you asked me that question the the answer that I was gonna provide for you was I have no idea it just looks intriguing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's it's, my it's a little, it's a, There's a mystery. <laughs> there's a mystery. There's a romance. Um, there's just a life story about a girl coming of age, um, and like living on her own. So there's a bit of that like general fiction in there, but I'm I'm it. I still, to this day, having read it, when people are like, what's that about? I'm like, um, it's about a marsh girl, which is just a girl who lives in the marsh land of North Carolina, and, like, people make fun of her because she's poor and lives in the marsh. But there's a lot. There's, like, a murder, and there's a murder investigation, and there's just a lot, and I don't know. But I'm very excited for it, and I'll let you know how it is because I'll go see it. Yes, I'm super curious, and like I said, it, it, the mystery of it did it encourage me to want to see what the book's about even before the for the movie. But we'll see if I if I can make the deadline. <laughs> but it definitely that was like the number yeah. one talking point for a lot of the people that I ran in today. Today, um, so wanted to make sure that we bring that into a conversation because that is literally a book title yeah. that Kristen has said. Probably a thousand times. A bajillion times. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Always in the top five of your bestseller list. Yep. So I figured it'd be a, a good entertainment news story um, to touch upon. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get started with some music. Um, so for the Billboard Top 200 albums, um, couple it's amazing how one of one of these albums have been on there on this forever it's like the where the crawdad sings version for musical albums um and also some interesting favorites as well so for the billboard top 200 number five is who cares um by rex orange county uh number four and this one is the one that i'm talking about and has been in the top five for a very very long time and that's morgan wellen's dangerous the double album number three is the encanto soundtrack 
which is a very good soundtrack to a very good movie. Um, number two is Impero by Ghost, and number one is 7220 by Lil Durk. Billboard Top 100 Songs. Uh, number five is We Don't Talk About Bruno off of that Encanto soundtrack. Number four, I just love this title. Song, a eh, little mediocre in my opinion, but the title gets <laughs> awards, and that is A B C D E F U uh, by Gail. That's like my uh, favorite. Number three. I am like, yeah. <laughs> I just like the title. It's catchy. It's, it's a good title. Uh, number three, Super Gremlin by Kodak Black. Number two, Stay by the Kid, Leroy and Justin Bieber. Um, and number one is Heat Waves by Glass Animals. And I'm, intri- and I'm intrigued that that actually made the number one in the top 100. Um, so that's kind of the updates on the charts. As for things being released, it's been very slow um, this year in general. Um, but... Uh, something that was dropped last week that people were really super interested in is that Weezer dropped an EP um, called SZNZ. Um, so if you're interested in Weezer and what they're doing right now, that's a good one to check out. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, Placebo has a new album called Never Let Me Go. Um, and Marin Morris, um, who is someone I adore and love, um, has a new album called Circles Around This Town. Um, so you can check that out tomorrow um, as well. So that's what's going on with new music. Nice. All right. So for my music spotlight, usually I play clips. Yay. But I created clips and I uploaded it and it said it was corrupted and it was too late for me to be able to fix it. Um, so I'm just going to describe mm-hmm. it instead. Um, and you can okay. take a look at Spotify. Um, so the person that I want to highlight is Alec Benjamin. Um, have you ever heard of him? No, never. So I think it's, I think in terms of how to describe his music, it's very indie. It's folk pop, so it has those folk elements, but it has a good beat and it kind of like follows the rules that pop music has. Um, and he has a couple of albums. Uh, one is called These Two Windows, uh, which was released in 2020. Um, and then another one narrated for you that was released in 2018. He has a very sweet, smooth voice. Um, weirdly very clever. Very, very good beat. Super catchy. Um, and also tells really good stories. Uh, so the two songs that I was going to play for you and that I recommend that you look on to Spotify or Amazon Music or YouTube, wherever you um, explore and look into music, is a song called Jesus in L.A. And it's a song that just the rhythm of it is so good. Um, And the turn of phrase that he uses in the chorus is so clever. And it's basically a song just explaining that you can't find comfort and wholesomeness in the city of LA, and I and I don't disagree with that. <laughs> LA is <laughs> is a tough town, um, and so it's it's kind of like that that experience, like you're, what you're when you're, what you're trying to look for is not going to be in LA, going to parties, doing drugs, trying to be famous, and all those things that a lot of people fall into when they go to LA. Um, so great song, definitely check it out. 
the other song that was released, uh, it's not part of any album. I don't think it was a special single release, and it's called Older. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a song that resonates with people who are like, okay, I'm I'm an adult now. So like, there's like taking taking down the posters off the wall, um, and just kind of like, oh, I'm transitioning and this sucks, kind of a song. Um, and again, right. clever lyrics, super really good beat. Um, I think it would capture the heart of any millennial because even though a lot of millennials are in our late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, even. Um, we still don't think of ourselves as as adults <laughs> a lot of the times. Like even like even my millennial, millennial friends who have like children and are married, they're like me. They still, yeah, they don't. They still don't see themselves as what we consider adults. And I think it's because a millennial adulthood is just different than baby boomer adulthood and Gen X adulthood. We've we invented it a, a different kind of adulthood. Uh, but that feeling of nostalgia and also like, holy crap, I'm an adult. So it's just a, it's a great song. So Alec Benjamin, check him out on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, wherever you explore new music. Um, he's really good. I'm surprised more people don't know about him. Um, so check him out. Yeah, you know I will because your, your recommendations are always the best. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So now we actually legitimately have movies. It's a thing again. We do. It's very exciting too. <laughs> I will say though, these this weekend's numbers I didn't know what like three of the movies are. They're like small films, but they <laughs> did good. Yeah. Like limited release stuff. I'm like, what? Making a comeback. So that was exciting yeah, kind of for me. Even though I didn't know what they were, I felt excited for them. You know, I feel like that's probably how it's going to be for a little bit. Um, just because, I mean, they're just starting to get back. So, like, things are just a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, so box office numbers, these are new weekend numbers, and then I, I add them up to give you the total for what they've grossed so far. Um, so in fifth was a movie from United Artists called Dog, uh, made four million this weekend, and it's at fifty-four point one million total. Never heard of it. Obviously decent. Um, in the fourth place was X, just the letter, and it was by A24 Studios, which I've never heard of, uh, but they made four point four million this so. weekend for opening weekend. Cool, good for them. Um, and third was Uncharted by Sony, which is the new um, Tom Holland movie. Um, $7.8 million, total of one twenty five point seven mil now. Have you seen that yet? I hear it's really good. No, but it's my spring break this week, and the two things that I plan to see is Uncharted um, and the movie that is number one. I'm also going to see that one. Oh, okay. Well, number two is Jujitsu Kaisen Zero, which I don't know what that is. But they made fourteen million, so someone's gotta know what it is. And they're currently sitting at seventeen point six mil. Uh wow. yeah, they did good. And they fell short 
of The Batman uh, for Warner Brothers, which made $36 million and is now sitting at a pretty 300 mil in gross um, numbers. Uh, I want to see The Batman, but uh, DC has disappointed me in recent years. So I think I'm going to have to admit that I'm going to wait until it hits video or digital so I can just download it and buy it. I will say this, though. So this is why I am excited to go see it, is I am friends with a lot of people who are into the comic books and into that DC world who have also been disappointed by DC films. Because it's true, the DC films, the DC the characters are amazing, are amazing. But I, but for some reason the movies just don't translate it very well, um, for whatever reason that is. Yeah. But the people that are usually disappointed with DC have been singing praises about this particular movie. So I'm super curious. I'm yeah. super curious because a, um, of all the good things I'm hearing from it, including people who are super picky. I'm also curious because. At the time of Robert Pattinson's casting, I laughed and scoffed at the idea of him being Batman. <laughs> but people who Same. also scoffed at him um, being Batman were like, no, he actually played it really well. So I'm also like just curious to know like how different from the scoffing to the, like, the admiring that people are doing. So I definitely will. So the next time we do a music and movies, um, I will have the review for the Batman, and I will also have the review for Uncharted. So lots of things to talk about the next time we we have um, this conversation. Definitely. And I want to say that the next thing we're going to talk about is reviews and recommendations of movies we've seen. Um, and this has already been talked about, and it's old, but I am slow, guys, um, on the uptake lately. Uh <laughs> I just, and I kind of was holding out because I had heard things, but I just watched Spider-Man No Way Home, and I was angry. Not in a bad way, but I was angry because that is the saddest movie I have ever seen in my (laughs) entire life. I cried like four times. And I was yelling at my best friend who's sitting there laughing at me because I'm ugly crying. And I'm like, this is, this movie is terrible. And it's like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. It's so well done. But like, literally, spoiler alert, guys, the saddest thing. And I know there was a lot of sad stuff, right? Like people died and like, yeah. oh, the, the PTSD that Andrew Garfield had. Oh, my God. Like as soon as I saw her fall, I was like, oh. He's going to have PTSD. Um, that was sad. But honestly, I think the saddest part is that he was all by himself at the end. Sad. It was definitely that. Yeah, like, I, think that's proof, I think that's proof that it was a really good movie <laughs> because you were so emotionally distraught. But I have to say, <laughs> I told my best friend, I was like, um, hands down, freaking Marvel. <laughs> saddest movies ever. Like, seriously, the top three deaths in movies I've ever seen were Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, and then like, why do you do this to me? So that's all I have to say was sad, and it was terrible, and I can't wait for the next one. (laughs) (laughs) 
just so you know, in case you don't know Kristen, when she's saying terrible in this oh. instance, she's not actually saying terrible. She's saying she really liked it. It just it made her very emotional. <laughs> cinematic gold. Cinematic gold. You will feel the feels. I laughed out loud. It was so good. But, oh, my God, it was the most terribly sad movie I've ever, like, if you do not want to cry, do not watch Spider-Man. No way home. Don't do it. I actually just don't watch any of Spider-Man because they're going to all make you cry at some point. Terrible. <laughs> Spider-Man's like that, though. Like, it's a, he's a good character like, to elicit the tears. Like and honestly, sure. I love all of them, but Tom Holland is my boy. He, he is the perfect Spider-Man. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Okay, now you can tell us um, about a movie that isn't eight months old. <laughs> that's, that's my job. Um, that's your job. So, I watch old movies. <laughs> so we split things. So I watched the Disney movie Turning Red. So this is the new um, Pixar movie that was released on Disney+. Plus. I don't think it went through theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just straight on a stream release. Um, and uh, have you have you heard or seen anything about this movie by any chance, Kristen? <laughs> so I, ha- funny story. I had not heard a word about this movie until somebody came to me and was like, "Oh my gosh, like we really got to boycott Disney." And I was like, "Why?" And they're like, "Oh my gosh, their new movie Turning Red has so many terrible lessons that kids should not be like." Like, kids should not be allowed to watch it. It's too old for them. And then I find out it's about periods, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> In part, it's about periods. I will say no. um, Turning Red is not my favorite Pixar movie. It's not anything that I'm going to be writing home about. If I was giving it a, a one to five star rating, I probably would give it a two. Um, just because, like, I just... Ooh. I didn't really care so much about the characters. I didn't really get into that. I didn't really, I don't really care for the animation style that they chose to do it in. But I have to give props to the fact that they had the ovaries slash balls Mm -hmm. to to Mm -hmm. go for this. (laughs) Because it's, it's A, first of all, there's, Asian elements to it. It definitely talks about periods being a thing that people go through <laughs> when they're a female or, you know, at that age. It does mention that. Yep. It does, I think, would probably make a lot of people uncomfortable just because people are weird about having conversations with periods. Like, they're still... Like, if you mention it in front of guys many of them can't handle that conversation. Um, right. So, like, the fact that they went there, kind of want to give them props for it, um, even though it is definitely not my favorite Pixar movie. Um, and I do think in some areas it went over the top um, in the way in the story in which they wanted to tell. Hmm. Um, but yeah. major balls to, like, bring that to the world considering how the world is right now. Um, so, right. Um, and it's in terms of what other people are talking about, it seems like a lot of people are kind of the same thing, which is, it was not the story people wanted, <laughs> basically. I think is the, 
a general gist. Yeah, I don't. I I want to see it, but I I don't have time to watch. I barely have time to watch any TV, let alone like. I don't know. I need to make more time in my life for fun stuff. <laughs> I work too much. <laughs> Me too, sister. Me too. Um, I'm tired. I come on my sleep. You saw Spider-Man, so you're okay with me. I did. You're good. Yes, go me. Go me. What are some upcoming stuff that's going on? So all three of these movies actually come out this weekend. So um, I'm, I really, I'm going to try to maybe go see one, but we'll see how that all goes. Um, but one is The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, which looks hilariously awesome, and I want to see it. Um, so it's, she's an author and she wrote a character and he is like the cover model for her character. And, but he, she gets like kidnapped or something in the middle of the jungle and he decides he wants to be a real life hero and save her. So it looks really funny. And then Infinite I, I usually, I usually like Sandra Bullock films, but the way that they're cutting the trailers, um, and I think it might just be an editing problem, makes it seem like it might be really stupid. (laughs) Oh, I think it's definitely like a cheesy funny, for sure. But I normally like Sandra Bullock movies, so I am going to, I do plan to see it at some point. Um, But definitely some of the trailers, I'm like, I don't know, it seems seems tough. But I think it's the way they're cutting it, though. All right, well... Then if you don't want to see that, you can go see a super serious movie called Infinite Storm with Naomi Watts about she is, um, she's trying to reach the summit of a mountain, um, Mount Washington, mind you, um, but a huge blizzard approaches, so she turns around to go back down and comes across a strange man and decides to help him, and drama ensues, and people almost die, probably. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I assume that's what's going to happen. This Mountains is where Kristen like tells you what she thinks the movie is about. <laughs> no, it's like that's the description, but they didn't say like, oh, in chaos ensues, but I'm assuming chaos will ensue and people will almost die. It's a mountain and a blizzard. Sounds about right. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is Topside, um, which I don't recognize any of the names, but the story sounds really good. It's about a a woman and her daughter who live in the like underbelly of New York City in abandoned tunnels mm-hmm. with like a community of people that have made it their home and uh, but they get evicted and they have to go up to the top up to the top side and create a life up there and I was like that sounds super interesting because I'm sure that actually happens and now I want to know yeah let's check them out sounds good to me so there you go. That is your movie update. Um, and we will bring you those reviews once we, we have them. All right. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to go back to the 1990s? I, don't I guess. Love I was like back to 5 to 15. It depends on when we go. <laughs> the economy was going, doing well. There wasn't a pandemic. We didn't have cell phones. wasn't horrible. <laughs> we didn't have we cell phones. We could afford gas. I mean, no, we could afford gas. 
We drank out of hoses in our backyard and played outside <laughs> as children. <laughs> Rode our bikes. This is amazing. Um, but yeah. now the '90s are is is retro. It's the past. It is a long, long time oh, ago. Old. Like I said, high school high schools have '90s days, <laughs> in which my <laughs> students dress like me in 1996. <laughs> Rude. Rude. I know, right? Um, so enough time has passed to kind of look at the trends and the themes and what the 1990s has given us um, when it comes to movies. So um, I, me and Kristen did some research looking at different lists and different like opinions about what the best 90s movies are. But we figured in terms of having this conversation and this discussion that there were several trends that did pop up when looking at the movies that were released during the 1990s. And so we're going to be focusing on those trends uh, and then highlighting the movies that we feel best um, encapsulates those themes that we discovered. So, Kristen, when doing your research, what is something that you noticed about the 1990s um, movies that were released? Okay. So, I was a child into a teen in those in the 90s. Um, and something I noticed was, and it was a big thing for me because I'm, even now, I'm a, like a crime buff, true crime, murder, slashers. And in the 90s, we got those original, not the originals like Halloween and stuff that came out in like the 70s and 80s, but we got the 90s version of slasher film came out, which then have carried through our recent decades as well. So we got the Scream movies. We got I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I still know what you did last summer. Um, Urban Legends. We got spinoffs of Halloween and things like that. And those are some of my personal favorites still to this day. Like, I just not too long ago saw the new Scream movie and love it. Seen them all. I own them all. I own I Know What You Did Last Summer movies. Um, I own Urban Legends. I own Halloween. I own them all. But it was like a new era of slasher films came out in the 90s mm-hmm. that just like yeah, went back sure. to the basics because we went through like Halloween and them and you know Halloween and Friday the 13th and um you know like all those flashes that we loved from the 70s and 80s that we kind of like loved on the 90s got their own their own bad guys just basically. yeah and and, the, and it was and it did feel different, so even though the elements were the same with Slasher and all that, it it definitely, mm-hmm. in the way in which those movies were made, felt very 90s. So, like, the Halloweens and the Screams, and, and you know that's a lot more better than I do, so definitely feel free to correct me if you think I'm horribly wrong. But in the 90s, <laughs> it was a lot of, like, how they portrayed young people was very, like, gossipy materialistic and all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. yeah. and that is also even the forefront of all those films and the way that they have those interpersonal dramas even within um those films is, is very 90s yeah they had a very different vibe from, like if you compare scream to halloween or um you know like my, 
Michael Myers, Jason, those flashes, Ghostface to them, it was a very different vibe in the movies. Like, for Halloween, for instance, you had kids babysitting. Yeah, they had, like, their boyfriends over and stuff, but in Scream, you had kids constantly having parties and almost making fun of these people who were dying instead of being scared of it, which they obviously should have been because that did not work out so well for them. No, not in the slightest. Um, and that well, kind of sets up, so like, yeah, for sure. And and it, and it just, it, it, and that that's what kind of makes it those movies particularly different. Um, and it also yeah. sets up the parodies that were going to be made, <laughs> which is the oh, which is a about. whole other vibe. Um, <laughs> it was a whole other vibe. Um, of just people started to realize that this was happening like all the time in the 90s. Um, so that is a good thing. So we'll come back to that. Um, the second thing I want to do, just kind of building on to your horror slasher, um, it was also the beginnings of what will spill into the 2000s, which is the psychological thriller. Um, and, and the psychological thriller, I think definitely had more of an impact in the two thousands, but the one that I think kickstarted it all was the sixth sense, um, which is M night Shyamalan, um, movie that he became famous for. And then after the sixth sense, um, cause that came out in 1999 and after the sixth sense, there was a lot more movies that were being made that were similar in nature in which the plot itself is the mystery. Um, and also that like the idea of your, that it's not someone just chasing you with the knife, that there's some, there's something that could be more sinister internally. Um, and there's a lot of those movies that came out in the 2000, but M night Shyamalan kickstarted that, um, in 1999. Now, you've seen The Sixth Sense, right? Okay. Yeah. So, did you know that Bruce Willis was dead? No. I was kind of upset. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I feel bamboozled. It was, one of those, it was one of those things that I felt like I should have known, but I didn't know that. I, I mean, I, I felt like something was weird, um, but I, I didn't quite get it. But once I, it was revealed... I was like, oh, that makes total sense because he never talks with the mom. That's weird. Anyway, so it <laughs> it makes sense, but it, that was definitely a good a good movie that I wanted to showcase on the ends of um, the slasher, the transition wow. from the '90s to the 2000s. And we did the 2000s it's true because we'll there are a lot, lot more this, now. Like, I think yes. I think those psychological and, and like, grew in popularity yeah for sure and we'll talk more about those uh when we do the 2000s but it all began yeah, in 1989 with the success for sure they kick-started it did um the other thing that i think would be a crime if we did not talk about is classic disney Yes. There the was a animated lot of films released in in the nineties, lots of them. 
for sure. Like, even if you look at, like, the the timeline of Disney film releases, if you look at how many, how much was released in the 90s and the quality of those movies that were released in the 90s versus other decades, it blows out of the, wind, like, the water. Like, Disney was on crack in the 90s. <laughs> Left yeah, I mean, what do we got? We got um, Lion King... Hunchback and Notre Dame came out, and then um, I think Tarzan. I don't oh, yeah, Mulan. Tarzan was 1999. Mulan. Mulan. Beauty and the Beast. Pocahontas. The, a, a goofy movie. Classic. <laughs> oh, I love the goofy movie. Oh, my God. Yes. I can still sing this oh, song. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. And also, um, the first live-action, animated live-action movie happened in the 90s with 101 Dalmatian with Glenn Close. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> oh, yes. And you know what <laughs> else happened? <laughs> Disney. Like, Disney also, I feel like, maybe it's because I was a child, but I feel like before that, Disney was cartoons. That's what they were. Um, and maybe that's, like I said, maybe it's because I was a child and that's just what I knew. But we had a lot of, like, Homeward Bound came out. Do you remember that movie with the animals? I love that freaking movie. I used to watch it all the time. The animals get lost yeah. in, like, the mountains. Oh, so good. So good. And if like, you want to, like, Mighty Ducks. Even, and, and Mighty Ducks is what I was thinking about next, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah like, when like, I say classic oh. When I say classic Disney, yeah. it's not just the animated films. Like, there's just so many, like, yeah. so much good content made oh, and in the 90s. Oh, and can we some Winter Olympics, the cool running, Jamaican Bobsled TVO. Like, that came out in the 90s. I still love that movie. I still watch it. Um, and then, of course, we have to, the famous, which is currently getting a sequel made, Hocus Pocus, came out in the 90s. That's right. Colt favorite. That's on my list. That one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but just to bring it back to the animated films, what is your favorite animated <laughs> Disney movie from the 90s? Probably The Lion King. You can't go wrong with The Lion King so much. Um, can't go I, wrong. I, I probably would say The Lion King or Aladdin. Or The Lion. I don't know. I can't choose. They're all good. <laughs> Like just kidding, I want them all. <laughs> I'm that person, but yeah. So, it, and also, and also to add even to this, right? So, so many amazing um, movies, but also that new branch of Disney films of Pixar um, also started in the 90s oh, right. with Toy Story in 1995, oh, um, and so Pixar even started making movies. So, like I said, like, Disney just went on, like, they were, like, on crack. They were, like, on creative crack. I don't know if they, like, bought everyone, like, a new house or something. But (laughs) the writers and animation teams of the 90s for the Disney was on top of the world. And that's why I feel like, I think the reason why millennials are called selfish um, is because they are jealous. (laughs) Of the amount of Disney films that we got compared to their their childhoods, 
because like you can't compare like the the Disney movies of the '80s and '70s versus the '90s. We win hands down. Yeah. Um, and can I also say I'm gonna give props to Disney where it's due since you're talking about '90s movies and that these are not gonna make this list just because they're not your typical movie, but Disney straight to TV movies like Brink. And such, those, oh, my God, like. Yes, the Disney God, Channel like Oh, my gosh, I watched all of them. And they're now on Disney Plus, yeah. a lot of them, and it brings me back, guys. I, I'm telling you, it's great. Like, motocross, oh, it brings me back. It's, I'm telling you, the other generations are jealous because game. Disney was amazing when we were children and teenagers. Honestly, the 90s were pretty cool. The 90s <laughs> were pretty dope. <laughs> Which is why the kids are trying to dress like us again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's true, though. And be as cool as um, So, what other things did you notice about '90s movies? Um. Okay, so I have one that I want to save, but I want to talk about number seventh highest-grossing movie of all time. Hmm. Saw it eight times in the movie theaters when it came out. Eight times. Back then, guys, keep in mind the movie cost like four dollars. Okay, I didn't go <laughs> and spend thirty dollars for a movie ticket like you do now. Um, and the popcorn was like two dollars, so like I spent like ten dollars maybe each time I went. Um, but Titanic is the seventh. No, I'm not lying. I'm staring at it right now just to confirm. It is made. $659 million worldwide, which seems so little when all the movies above it, um, seven and above. But seriously, like, Spider-Man No Way Home made $798 million already. How is that possible? Oh, that's right, because they stomp on your heart, and then you have to do it again. But yeah. sort of, we've talked about that before, and I do so remember, we won't talk about it anymore. Um, I do remember when Titanic was released, <laughs> um, all of the the girls um, and the openly gay um, classmates that I had, um, like Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> was the thing that people were real super into. Um, so Titanic also had that to it. It's, it's also just a really good film. Really long, but really good, yeah. friend, good film. Like, let's talk, let's put this in a bundle here. Let's talk about these, like, cult classic like titanic i would call a cult classic maybe it's not your ideal cult classic but i feel like it is mm. what other movies from the 90s can we put in there with like men in black i don't not quite there what else could we put um i think in terms jurassic of like being i mean jurassic park definitely changed things and of course this is and, and it kick-started a franchise that has last three decades? <laughs> um, it's crazy to think about, but it's true. Um, Jurassic Park is definitely a big one for sure, and it's it's a super fun one. Um, another thing I think I would put in there, and this is, I think, as time goes on, I think people will have more appreciation, but in terms of being critically acclaimed, in terms of the storytelling, um, Pleasantville. <laughs> Um, I love that movie Toby so Maguire. much. It's such a good movie, and it is. 
I feel like it was underrated. The message like, of that it did not get the it did not get the appreciation it should have. No, but like it's been, but when I talk to it's kind of like ten things I hate about you. It at the moment of its release, it didn't do very well. Um, but then like everyone I know loves ten things I hate about you. It's like one of their favorite films, at least from from our generation. Um, <laughs> Pleasantville, I feel like the same is the same way. Like it doesn't get as much appreciation, but I feel like most millennials, it's 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 such a beautiful and poetic movie, and the message of it is really good. It's really done super well. Um, another one I would put in there is Sister Act. Um, Sister Act is a classic um, with Whoopi Goldberg, and and just super fun to watch. Um, yes. Can we add such a great Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead in there because that movie was highly underrated, like Pleasantville. But seriously, mm-hmm. like, everyone I know has seen it now and loved it. Another one I Maybe not put the caliber of Titanic, but you know. No, no, Titanic is colossal, but it is one of those movies that stick with you. Um, now and then, yeah. that was released in 1995. Christina Ricci, Dora Birch, Demi Moore, Rosie O'Donnell. I love that movie, that soundtrack. Yeah. I bought that soundtrack on a CD, <laughs> and I played it. Like, you know constantly. what song? Uh, whenever I hear that the name of that movie, all I can think of is "Knock Three Times on the Ceiling <laughs> If You Want Me," "Twice on the Pipe." The pipe. <laughs> I'm like, yes. yeah, no, 100%. Oh, it's a good one. And man. Devin Sawa, which was another um, 1990s heartthrob. Um, now that is really good. Feel, super cult. Do you feel like now and then, because that was in 95, kind of mm-hmm. introduced us a little bit with like the, the gateway drug, we'll call it, into, or maybe with Clueless as well, because um, those were both 95. <laughs> The intro into that late 90s, filtered into the early 2000s, that angsty, dramatic teen rom-com age that we went through. I feel like it really kicked with, like like you said, 10 Things I Hate About You, um, She's All That, Never Been Kissed. All those came out in, like, 98, 99. And then those filtered, 2000 to, like, 2004, 5, 6 even. Um very mm-hmm. like teen, typical high school teenage drama stories um, with like a, a yeah. normal romance twisted in. But I think like now and then in Clueless were like that gateway into that, those being so awesome in the late 90s. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think, I think 1995 was that tire turning point where we got to see more of those teen movies, the, the good ones and the not so good ones too, um, but there was a lot yeah. of them. Oh, there was a lot like, of not so good. We need to do a like, whole show on angsty teen dramas <laughs> that were not so good. But yeah, it, it seemed like every two months. Like I feel like with Marvel, like now it's superheroes. Like every every few every few months, you expect a superhero yep. kind of a situation. And in the late '90s, it was like, okay, what what teen is going to have like their coming of age angsty romance? Um, and it definitely is, and it makes total sense for the '90s because in the '90s it was about the the teenage consumer, 
like the 1990s was yep. most of the ads, most of the entertainment, um, most of like even like serials and stuff like that. Everything was directed towards what a 13 year old wants. <laughs> Um, yep. and that was the beginning of that, of that, like the, the, the kids who go to the mall, um, and wanting their money. Um, so I, I definitely, that, I think that definitely played a part in why those stories got told more is because we did, we watched so the mall and we watched movies. So we're talking about, so we got the late nineties, which is that angsty teen drama, almost like the entitled teen entitled teenager. Because you got, I mean, you got quite a few, like, rich, a lot of those stories were, like, you know, rich little daddy's girl doesn't get her way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go back, yeah. I know it wasn't brand new, but I feel like, well, like, this wasn't the 50s or anything, but I feel like the early 90s, there were quite a few good, good movies that really gave power to the female lead. Mm. Like, Pretty Woman came out in 1990, and while she was she was like this kind of this neat character in the beginning, she found her power as the story went on. And then you got like Selma and Louise, which was in like 90s, yeah, one ninety two something like that. Very strong, powerful female lead character. Even Titanic had a strong female lead character, um, mm-hmm. where they didn't necessarily just sit around and do what the man told them to do. No, yeah, there definitely is. There definitely was movies that had that, um, for sure. The mm-hmm. other thing, I guess the thing that, that we should mention before we have to wrap this up, um, there definitely was a string of gangster um, violence yes. movies that were also in the 90s, so like Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction, which is one of my favorites. So Quentin Tarantino um, made his name in the 90s. Um, yep. Goodfellas, which is by most critics is the best movie of the 90s. I don't agree with that, but I know a lot of people who are mm-hmm. like, Goodfellas was the best. Um, I'm not sure why there was a lot of those movies in the 90s. Um, I feel like I could understand more of the t- the, the teenage drama, um, but there was a lot of gangster movies in the 90s, for sure. The boys had been Another thing I... Yeah, apparently. And it was gangster movies. Um, Another thing I wanted to make sure that we mention is there was also a lot of stories about um, democracy and truth um, and identity that was also happening in the 90s. And I don't feel like they get enough fanfare. So, like, movies like The Truman Show um, with Jim Carrey, which is basically like questioning your own reality. <laughs> um, yep. And it, it, so that one's a good one. Good Will Hunting, which also has that like identity oh, kind of question of like whether or not um, who you are and where you want to be and what opportunities. Um, that one's a good one. Um Although this is a comedy and not a drama, I still include it, and that's Office Space, (laughs) Um, which is just a great movie to showcase what I think a lot of people are feeling right now, which is work shouldn't be 100% of your life, Um, and the resentment towards that in a funny way, um, 
So I, and that one's also super good too. I agree. Those are like uh, no, what kind? Well, how to like? Some of those are just like those movies that you're like, I just want to watch something I know is good, and that's the movie you would put on. Yeah, they're all super good. Um, and then there was a couple more that I wanted to say. Um, the Big Lebowski, which became like a, a cult favorite. Um, I mean, yeah. people still quote that to this day. Um, it's also a really good one. Um, what about Aliens? That, that, Independence Day, Men in Black. And then we had Aliens. Those were uh, Aliens, and then, but they're all very and different. And Tom Hanks. <laughs> and we had Forrest Gump. How can we not mention Forrest Gump? It's the greatest movie. Forrest Gump. It is a very long movie. <laughs> it's a very long it's movie. It's a very, very long movie. movie. I like when he goes, hey, Tennis Dan, you've got new legs. my favorite. <laughs> it's a good one. But I think ultimately, overall, I think the 90s was a good a good decade of movies. I think there's definitely some trends. Definitely... Power to the team yep. definitely was happening. Yep. Uh, even with the uh, scary movies, they, they were teen-based for the most part. My favorite movie ever came out in the 90s, and that is Jurassic Park. I still to this day, but it's still my favorite movie. I've seen all of them, but the original is still my favorite. And then I'm also a huge, huge Scream fan, so the 90s were good for me. I don't know how you can pick a number one movie from the nineties. I don't. I can't pick it. It's Jurassic Park. I still. I still watch Jurassic Park at least ten times a year to this day. At least ten times a year. And on Christmas, I have a Jurassic Park marathon every year. What I do on Christmas Day. Because what says Merry Christmas more than? Well, this year I did it on Thanksgiving. But what says Happy Thanksgiving or Merry Christmas more than dinosaurs eating people? Just saying. That is true. That is something need that happened around. <laughs> My new therapy. Yeah, just a little bit. Feel like now and then. Now that I, now that yeah, I've been uh, reminded yeah. about now and then, I want to watch it. Now you're gonna have to watch it on spring break. Yeah, I think I might do that because it's a good one. Um, yeah. But so that those are the movies of the 1990s. Um, of course, there's other things like biopics that also happened, and that's kind of a general tr- trend throughout all the decades. Um, we'll look at the 2000s as well um, pretty soon um, and continue on. All right, so yeah, yeah. Chris, what is mm-hmm. your nerdy obsession? Um, does work count? I've been working a lot, guys. So I will say my nerdy obsession is always books. Like it's number one. I read a lot of books, but I took a leap of faith and opened a book business, guys. So I have my very own book selling website. That's my nerdy obsession right now is just watching that. It just launched this week. So go visit it. It's Wait, called offourshelfbooks.com. Your nerdy obsession is becoming an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my nerdy obsession I don't know why I think, well I do know why I am preparing for the release of Kenobi the Disney Plus series from Star Wars and so I'm re-watching a lot of mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff to prepare for that yep. to remind myself 
Um, so I watched, like, Star Wars, Clone Wars, um, and then I just finished watching Star Wars Rebels, um, which I think, honestly, like, I think my favorite Star Wars thing is Rogue One. I think my second favorite Star Wars thing might be Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> I mean, I don't... All right, there's something all right. about this time period that just, it fascinates me, and I just think the characters are really good. So if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend Star Wars Rebels. Um, so that's been kind of my nerdy obsession. I just started Bad Batch. Um, so in preparation for the release in Ken- Kenobi in May. So I'm excited about that. All right. Definitely. So we want feedback on what to discuss in the world of nerdum. So please give us feedback and follow us at talknerdy underscore radio. Make sure you bookmark www.nerdprops.com for articles and blogs and reviews. Join the book club, um, just um, bookclubs.com, right, Dozy? Yep. Cool. Um, And then we will be back next Tuesday, God willing, (laughs) on uh, (laughs) talk about TV. TV, books, and Harry Potter and the Half the Prince. So that will be on Tuesday. So good night, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your evening.